Let me see your teeth. I want to clean them. I want to clean your teeth with my eyes. Oh, my God. It's the reason for the season. It's the reason for the game. Home run, baseball, double play on the way. It's the reason for the season. It's the reason for the game. Home run, triple play, strike out, disengage. Sorry, I'm just checking some scores real quick. Oh, what Uh you got? Who's winning? Who's losing? Uh, Blue Jays are beating the Brewers. Unfortunate for uh, for my household. Mets tied with the Phillies. We're going to talk about the Mets a little later. Ooh, Jenny, how you doing? Hey, Rudy, I'm great. How are you? I'm really good. Really, really good. Are your Are your San Francisco Giants playing? They are playing at 6:40. um, Okay, my time in an hour and a half. So we got to wrap this up quick. Pretty quick. They're actually kind of fun to watch right now, which is a a strange turn of events because they started off miserable. And just when I thought I could give up on them, they pull me back in. There's no way you could give up on them. No, but I I always trick myself into thinking. I'll watch them. I don't have any expectations Mm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. they're not going to do anything this season that, you know, they're not going to make the postseason. They're not definitely not going to win the division which is still true, but then they'll suck real bad. And I'll go, see, I knew it. Now I can just relax. Right. Maybe watch other games too. And then they go on a tear and now and heart starts to flutter. Yeah. And I go, what's this feeling? What is, what is this? Is this? Hope? I haven't felt like this in a long time. Oh my God. Wow. And um, sh- sure enough, they'll, they'll go on a big losing streak soon and they'll break your heart. Break my heart. Yeah. Wow. But I'm glad you're in an up an up place right now with them. Yeah. We're in the good place right now. I love that. It's nice. But we're not talking about the San Francisco Giants today. We're going to talk. No. Jenny, I want to talk about home run celebrations. Okay, Rudy. I want to hear about home run celebrations. Do you have any idea what I mean when I say that? I'll tell you. I don't. Um, okay. I've been to baseball games. I think that we've established that as canon. And um, I have no recollection of anything besides like the hooting and hollering of the crowd and maybe some fireworks sometimes. Right. Yeah. You know, but I haven't, I don't have any memory. Maybe some whooping from the dugout, you know? A whoop or two. Sure. Uh, No more. God, more than two whoops? Would be gauche. That would be gauche. And if there's one thing baseball is not, it's gauche. But so, so no, so I don't, so I'm imagining nothing because I just have no context. <laughs> well, you don't have to imagine it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I just wanted to, okay. you know, before I went and fully explained, explained as a man to you, a woman, what the home run The entire is. premise of this podcast is mansplaining, <laughs> and it's only because I know that you respect me as a human being <laughs> that we have agreed to do this podcast together. Anyone else, I would be like, I don't want to listen to you tell me shit. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I We've tiptoed around the 
mansplaining. Mansplaining. I guess it is funny that we haven't acknowledged it till now. But yeah, I'd let you know if you were being pedantic. Okay, so let me tell you a thing or two. Okay, about <laughs> celebrations. Um, actually, it's not hooting and hollering. So. <laughs> Oh, sorry, your fedora is slipping down. You might want to fix your fedora. (laughs) Thank you so much, my lady. Um, (laughs) This, I don't know when this actually started of teams having little dugout celebrations when a member, that was very condescending, but a very specific thing they do when a little, they're fun little celebrations. They're cute little jackets and hats they wear, but they'll have things like the, the first one that I was, first couple I was aware of was like a couple years ago, the Red Sox, some, they'd get in the laundry cart and someone would push them down the, the dugout from like one end to the other, <laughs> or the Toronto Blue Jays had this jacket with patches all over it and somebody, you know, they hit a home run, they run the bases, they come to the dugout, their teammates put the home run jacket on them and they wear oh. it until the next inning. And it's reached this point where I think almost half the teams have these, specific dugout celebrations when somebody hits a home run and i have pretty specific feelings about them mm-hmm. because sometimes they're awesome and sometimes it's a little bit sad oh okay so yeah we've got an article that some some jokester wrote about uh he, he ranked them all i i don't particularly agree with the rankings but here they are for reference. So the Mariners, they have a trident okay. and a sort of a nautical helmet of sorts. Yeah. And they just carry it down the dugout and it's it's fine. It was one of the later ones of this season. This season, they're they're crazy. Like I think the Oakland A's have one and they are maybe going to be the worst team of all time. So that's where I'm at with it. If your team is bad and you got like a little helmet you put on, <laughs> I don't like it. Oh, interesting. Okay. It reminds me of when you're coaching an indie improv team and they're not very good, but they're all laughing on the back line. Oh, mm-hmm. like something someone said was really funny. And you're like, just do something actually funny before we start <laughs> <laughs> cracking up. So shots fired at. All the, the, all the indie improv, all the indie improv nervous kids I used to coach. I do have a real quick thing to say. Please. I uh, wasn't going to talk in the intro because I'll be here later. But uh, I once was coaching a team and they were doing that thing. They were laughing throughout their whole uh, set or, or practice. And I had to stop. And I said, sorry, when did something funny happen? <gasps> Did they ask you back, Mark? Were they like, yes, daddy? Or were nope. they like, yeah, they were like, that was too mean? They're like, we can't take it, but uh, sometimes they need it. My God, that's pretty harsh. Uh, Jenny, what do you think about the Mariners, the Trident? Oh, well, okay. So a lot of things got thrown at me right right just now. I'm processing True. a lot. Um, one, I think that this looks like onerous. Like this doesn't, it doesn't seem fun for this guy. Like he just hit a home run and now he's got to carry this trident and this helmet. It's like they, I like the idea of people doing something for the guy. I like that idea of like draping the jacket. That feels fun. But like, this is just an extra task. And I'm not a fan of that. 
as like a celebration thing, I don't like that. The other thing that I want to touch on really quick is I love the idea of all of these teams having um, their celebrations, even when they're bad, because like a home run is still a home run. Even if the team sucks, like that's an amazing accomplishment for a baseball game, right? Like to hit a home run is big. Maybe that's wrong, but I feel like no, I appreciate that perspective. Like, like, sure, their fielding might suck. They might have terrible pitchers. They might be last in their division, but they hit a home run, and they're not allowed to celebrate the small victory. I don't know. I think that you're being a little bit cranky old man on that one. I am. I have some cranky old man tendencies. And I also do agree that hitting a home run is the coolest thing in the world. And if I ever did that, I would would be (laughs) the greatest thing that I ever did. I'll carry that trident for the rest of my life. Yeah, I would take it straight through the dugout, into the clubhouse, out the secret exit. Yes. And never be seen again. I'd live in a cabin in the woods with the trident. Yes. Also, I do have to say that as far as the indie improv thing goes, I feel like anytime that's happened, I usually just like, that's so distracting. Yes. And then I, and then I'm like, I can't pay attention to what your teammates are doing because you're making it about you jokeling on the back line. And And it usually comes from nervousness. Totally. Totally. Um, but as far, but so with the difference between that and the major league baseball players cele- home run celebration is this is a, the focus is on the person who's done the great thing in a way that's not about the other people. Whereas like tittering on the back line to be like, <laughs> yes, is about like, look, I think it's so funny and look how funny and charming I am on the back line. Cause I saw someone on Harold night break and the audience loved it, you know? Yes. And they actually did. It's not like the did something funny happen. Like the home run happened. So it happened. Yes. No. No just, doubt about there's it. No. Um. It seems like it's an all or nothing. There's no sense of like, say, a team is just destroying another team, and they hit eight home runs in a game, and then they're putting the thing on every. There's just there's seems like sometimes it's not the best idea to do this, but they're mm. locked into like, well now when everyone, whenever someone hits a home run, get the trident out, get the trident out. Um, are there any that are mean, like mean spirited, like towards the other team or is it all like insular celebration? What the heck is that? It's all, they the are samurai all very warrior. This is samurai warrior. So this one is, I think is great. Okay. Because Shohei Otani plays on this team. Yeah, he is a Japanese man, and he had <laughs> just played uh, for Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic, and brought a samurai helmet back for his team. And the Japanese uh, team is the uh, Japan Samurai is their like oh, national okay. team. Okay, so it's very it's not as random as some of these will be. Right, okay. and anything Shohei Otani does sweet. is. As gold in everyone's book. Yes. Okay, because I was going to say, this is sort of weird to have like a team be like our samurai helmet. But if he brought it back from his country. <laughs> that's a, yes. No that's... context. A white guy putting a samurai helmet on another like very bearded white guy is um, like, huh, weird. Hmm. Hmm. 
it requires some some knowledge of the situation. Yeah. In a sense. Okay. Now we've got. Oh my God! The White Sox, the mobster jacket. See, this mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about. We talked about like the like the socks are tough, right? Like, yeah. This is a tough team. These are the, I don't even know if they're the bad boys of baseball, but those black and white pinstripe jerseys, man, like South Side Chicago, like yeah, I'm 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 so jazzed by this one. You're in. <laughs> I love this big. I I can't tell who that is, but just a big boy dabbing in a cartoon mob boss, yeah, mobster Al Capone jacket, yeah, it's like it, who framed Roger Rabbit, right? The more I watch this GIF loop the more I'm into it. Yeah. Where my first, the first time I saw it, I was like, that, great. They got one now and they've been scuffling as a team. And so there's that cranky old man in me. That's like, I win a ball game before you <laughs> put a jacket. on. I think my dad might be on your side on this one. And my mom is going to go, Oh, I like that. They do that. That's mm. my guess. That's my okay. Guess. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's keep rolling through yeah. some of these. Cause some of them deserve more, discussion than others oh so the uh the nationals wear a powdered wig weird why <laughs> <laughs> well it's washington dc yeah didn't we overthrow the government that wore wigs <laughs> did our guys wear wigs too they must have i bet madison wore a wig when did they stop wearing wigs was it james madison <laughs> I think Rudy, you've you already know? put more thought into this than anyone <laughs> involved. Uh, for all our history heads out there, someone find out, someone someone call in and let us know when presidents stopped wearing the powdered wigs. That's yeah, it so does funny. feel more British Parliament than yeah, totally. America to me. Get a big Abe Lincoln hat. Oh, God, that would be so funny. But that's also Chicago's. Like That's also Illinois. You can't take their Abe. They got Al Capone and Abe. Yeah, Jeez. Chicago's got it, babe. I yeah, don't I, like this one. This I don't like it either. I'm makes glad no you sense don't. to me. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Con fishing. The twins get a fishing pole and a and a vest that says <laughs> "Land vest. of Ten Thousand Rakes." And what does that mean? That's obviously a joke, but I don't get it. Uh, raking is a baseball slang for hitting the ball well. Oh, okay. Like if somebody's has a bunch of home runs in a week it's like man that he's been raking oh i heard you say that once but i also have never heard of a rate like a rake it's a raking is a verb and not a noun in baseball baseball. which so that kind of semantically irks me slightly right because a rake a rake in other contexts is like a naughty guy he's such a rake yes yeah yeah so, gr- grammatically, I'm not sure that we're on the same page with this one. Mm-mm. It's It feels more cheesy. Yeah, I think the fact that they made, they had the jacket, you know, if it was just like a Cabela's, they just bought a jacket, <laughs> but it's like, somebody was like, let's... Someone put time and effort. Yeah, like an intern <laughs> had this made, you know? <laughs> Someone paid intern had to make this best. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't ring my bell. Okay, this one I think does, we deserves a second of our time. The Red Sox have inflated weights, and they um, pump the weights because you feel strong when you hit a home run. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> if you got something to say about it, say it. But 
I think it's a pretty pathetic showing, frankly. I have to say that's a snooze fest of a celebration. Sometimes you, that's my point. You don't always have to have one. Right. It's like, I would, I would, I, I, I have this image in my head of like some team started doing this and it came about sort of naturally. And then someone in the front office is like, we got to get our guys doing a celebration. We got to like, we're not, what team unity. We got to get it. We got to someone get, I, I get those, get those inflatable dumbbells for my kid's birthday party. We're going to bring them down. Someone's like, we got to, we got to do this. We're locking ourselves in the, in the office all night until we got a home run celebration. I don't right. care what it is, but we got to have something. We got to okay? have something. We're a mediocre team in a competitive division. And uh, these guys got the rakes. They got the, uh, what do we, we got to have oh, something. Yeah, and then they they shat this thing out. I don't like it. Yeah, just have nothing, you know. I'm yeah I'm a fan of a team Let that has nothing, about... and I would right. be so much happier having nothing than having that. And then we have a sword. They're the pirates. They've got a okay. broadsword. I believe they also have developed it into like going down the dugout to a player who's designated to be the murdered player. So they'll like okay. cut him up, and then they pretend <laughs> to be dead. So that's some fun play acting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting less and less um, enthralled with these as See, we go that's on. that's the thing. The more there are, it's it becomes less cute because it's just right. like, we got to have one now. The Detroit right. Tigers, they put on a hockey helmet. They got a hockey stick. And in this GIF, are they shooting it into a little net? Because I did see them. I think they've added a little net and a puck, which at least it has a, like a little finish to it than just pretending to hit a puck with a stick. Right. Yeah, all of this starts to feel like work for someone who just did a great thing. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you giving them another job? Okay, now we got the cheese head. And this is Milwaukee, right? This is Milwaukee. That feels like you you have to. And it's simple. It doesn't require much. You just wear it until the next inning. You don't have to do anything. A lot of people in the fan and the stands probably have one of their own. Yep. At least at home. Yeah. I go. You can buy those at the airport. I did a show. I did a show in uh, Madison and at the airport, you could buy a cheese head. So I'm going to go to Milwaukee soon and I have Mm. to buy a little kid cheese head because Ozzy wants to hit a home run. And then put the cheese hat on, and we're using a <laughs> um, a pot holder, or uh, is that what it's called? Like the just like a knit square yeah, thing, a pot holder. Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe this is the cheese head, and he's like, that's the cheese head. So he'll like hit oh a ball in our God. living room and run around, and then be like, I want the cheese hat on. <laughs> so I like hold it on top of his head and give him a high five. So I that's have to so love. Sweet. The yeah, you got to get him a cheese head. That's so sweet. This one's well. I'll take your opinion. Apparently one player on the Reds said that another player looks like a Viking and then now they wear a Viking helmet and a cape. See, I like this because they're adorning him, Mm. right? Someone's putting the cape on him. Someone's giving him the hat. Like it's not like he has to run and do a costume change and then come out and do his pantomime. Like this feels correct to me. True. And the cape is a nice touch. I I think the meaning behind it is pretty weak. I also should clarify they're always someone is always like giving putting this thing on their head or whatever it's okay they're not like no one's like all right go to the props department (laughs) go to wardrobe you hit a home run that's right that's right and then the padres uh pose for a photo that's fine 
whatever. It requires no props, and that's kind of refreshing in this whole list that we went through, you know? Yeah. So what's not on this list, because I think it came after the Homer hose, which we talked about on Branson's Orioles, I think is phenomenal. They beer bong a water, but then they've also extrapolated that to something called the bird bath where if somebody hits say they hit a double it's not a home run thing necessarily they hit a double they do a little sprinkler motion and then guys in the dugout fill their mouths with water and spit water onto the field (laughs) and they call it the bird bath that okay i see that is really funny and stupid i think it's phenomenal they have a but i feel like knowing the orioles it's like yeah, they need this. Right? Like Yeah, but they're also go they're doing really well. Like Oh, really? They are doing extremely well this season. So, it's less like, oh, it's sad and they need something. It's like they're young, they're they're a little pesky and they're having a they're genuinely having a good time because they are playing really well. Yeah. So, it's not making up for the lack of winning fun. So, my favorite is by far the Homer hose coupled yeah. with the bird bath. Cause I like that. There's a little, like we, we have levels to this. Also there's yeah. a segment or a section of the crowd where somebody has a water cannon type thing and they shoot water into that section of the crowd for a bird bath. Oh yeah. Which is pretty fun. I like that. I like that. And then there are more subtle, not home run celebrations, but, things teams will do like um the Mets a couple years ago and we're going to talk about the Mets later by the way so we say um they were doing this thing where they were doing a thumbs down when they would hit a extra base hit or something and apparently it's because they were really bad that year and they were getting booed and so that was their way of booing fans back and then they admitted to that and it was bad PR oh dear so they so they were thumbs downing their fans who were booing them yeah basically (laughs) i can't wait to talk to our surprise guest about what the fuck this is all about (laughs) well maybe we should um maybe we should get into that i mean we just roll right in like this feels like a good i gotta I, i mean i hate i hate to say it but mets are starting out on the back foot with me on that one yeah well to be Fair to them. That was a couple years ago. It's not the current Mets. And it was, I mean, it's all part of the the Mets lore. The history is the history, you know. Actually, the Mets are really unlikable at a lot of times. Really? <laughs> sure. Um, as are plenty of teams. I find the Mets pretty likable right now, but we should talk about them. Are we going to do a Mets moment? Or we don't really have time for that. We got to get to our guest. Yeah. We usually check in with Mark Dowling for a Mets moment, but we have to get to our guest. Um, it says what here. What does it say on your paper? It says on my sheet, this printed out sheet of paper, it says our guest is Mark Dowling. Well, that's weird. Do we know two Mark Dowlings? I don't know another Mark Dowling. And he's I talking barely about know the, the first one. New York Mets. Huh. Mark, do you want to Do you want to uh, explain yourself? Uh, I think it's me. I think we're talking about me. <laughs> so you snuck yourself on here, huh? Because I thought we were going to talk to Kevin James about the Mets. That guy, he, he's too busy being the king. He's the king, king of queens. Uh, well, hey, look, our guest 
today is Mark Dowling. He's the producer Mark. of this show. Wow. Big time Mets fan. All around good guy. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Don't, t- I mean, his indie improv team might say otherwise, but everyone else loves well, it's him. not my team. It's a team I coached and they were shit. Mm. Well. <laughs> we're not here to talk about uh, We're not. We're here to talk about the Metropolitans. That's right. So uh, what do you right, want to know? Well, okay. So I don't know if you know how this podcast works. Um, Never listen. But yeah. So um, I don't know anything about the Mets, really. The only thing I'll say is that I have this vague sense of heartbreak that is involved with the sure. Mets. Based on everyone that I know who is a Mets fan and like their Twitter will, will just be like, well my heart has been wrenched from me and stomped on the ground again. Thanks Mets or whatever. Um, so that's, so that's, that's kind of what I know. And then I know that there's Mr. Met who is a baseball head mascot. Yeah. There's also a Mrs. Met. <gasps> my God. I didn't know that he was serious and settling yeah. down. And then there, do they have any children? Yeah. I think there was baby Met, but they got rid what of it. What happened to baby? Met? <laughs> because they were like, oh, then we have to explain where babies come from. Uh, even though right. maybe they should explain where uh, baseball, sentient baseballs come from. Uh, that's the there main issue. But uh, yes, heartbreak is a big part of the team. It's a big part of, I think, why a lot of fans like the team. So when they're doing good, we're always worried because we know inevitably it's going to go down south. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be their own worst enemy. I think the biggest rival to the Mets is the Mets. Interesting. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved with um, perpetual suffering. So it's pretty much a family thing. It started with my grandfather, uh, Papa Dowling, Sylvester Dowling. And uh, he was the one that kind of brought the Mets to, uh, you know, be our family team. So the Mets started in 1962. And I'm not sure, I was thinking about this, I'm not sure who he rooted for before then, because he was a huge baseball fan. So I would say it was probably like the Brooklyn Dodgers, maybe. Um, But then the Mets, when they started in uh, 62, that became the team. Uh, He's from Queens. They lived in Queens. So that was the hometown team. Um, and Rudy, you said that the A's have become the worst team. I think they surpassed the 62 Mets as having the worst record. So, uh, that was held by the 62 Mets for a long time. And it was something that some fans took pride in or like, no, sure. no we have to have that. That's part of our history. And mm. so now I think the A's have, or are going to surpass that as having the worst record, uh, in baseball, you, you know, my dad once told me when I was running track and I was last every time, he said, you only remember two people in a race, who was first and who was last. And that was meant to make me feel better about being last. <laughs> Do you feel like that's like the Mets mentality? Um, I think there is something comforting about it. Weirdly, it's, uh, it's definitely a terrible relationship that the fans have with the team. But if they're winning... Something's not right. Explain this to me. This is what I don't understand. You said that the Mets are their own worst enemy. And as far as I understand it, they play other teams in baseball. That's true. So what are the what what are the Mets doing? How are they sabotaging themselves? How do you self-sabotage in baseball? Well, it depends. I mean, there were a few years where they were just plagued by injury. And so their best mm. players were kind of on the bench and they couldn't 
play. And so other guys had to step up and that kind of, I mean, I think last season or the season before that, they did a really great job. Like all the sort of second string guys came in and uh, really did well. Um, but then like Jacob deGrom, who was our biggest player, um, in my opinion, probably the best pitcher in baseball. He was injured for a lot of what could have been, I, I mean, it could have been, he could have been a lifelong Met, which is something that I don't think it happens too often. And those are the people who I think our team loves a lot. So Brandon Nimmo is somebody who currently plays. He's going to be a lifelong Met. He just served, uh, assigned a contract. And then I guess the last one would be David Wright, who is my favorite player. Um, and then I can't think of any others in the past that would have been. Rudy, do you know any? I can't think of any, no. Any, all the big Mets players. I'm sure there are some, um, but David... I mean, it's a rare thing for most organizations. To stay with one team. One player, yeah. a big player to stay with them the whole time. Yeah, uh, so David Wright, I'm going to jump around, but David Wright was my favorite player. And the main point is the Mets are not known for treating their players respectfully with the respect they deserve i guess but david wright did so much You're saying like the organization doesn't or the fans don't the organization doesn't the the fans okay. and it's a new uh ownership now which we've talked about before steve cohen yes. is the owner now but before that it was a lot of and it i think it maybe starts with tom Seaver, who um was let go and it's only until recently that Steve Cohen had like a giant statue made outside of the the stadium. So uh, there's of, who? of Tom Seaver. And who's that? He was a pitcher. Um he unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, but they're hmm. giving him the honor that he deserves. So he was someone who was let go by the Mets and kind of like pushed aside. Uh, and there have been others in more recent times. I think Marcus Stroman was one that should have been like treated way better than he was. Um, and he had a negative experience and then Jacob deGrom and then uh, Noah Syndergaard also had a really not a great experience with uh, the departure from the Mets. But David Wright was somebody who he had an injury, a back injury that plagued him for a long time. And he always worked hard to get back to a place where he can play. And when he wasn't playing, when he was on the bench, he was always there to like mentor younger players and really just be a mascot, uh, even though I feel like that's not the proper term uh, and doesn't give him the respect that he deserves. But he worked really hard to get back and they let him play one final game. So he played, I think, uh, maybe five innings or so. They let him play. Cool. And uh, he went right from playing to going up to the SNY broadcast booth to talk to uh, the broadcasters, Keith, Gary, and Ron. And uh, everybody was crying the entire time because it was so Aww. sweet. Uh, and so we call him our captain. Oh, I love that. Okay, so talk to me. Talk to me about um, the ownership. I could because I I want to I want to hear about like this new guy, but I also want to hear about um, how does how do owners show disrespect to players? What does that look like? And is it different for the Mets than? other teams is it like explain this. i think it's about the same for all teams and i think it comes down to maybe money they don't want to spend too much on a player boy this seems to yeah. be a theme it's really it's really bad and prevalent in now baseball. so here's my 
here's my question. If, if no one but the Yankees, I mean, other teams have to be spending money, right? It can't just be the Yankees. So now the, the, Mets the, Dodgers. Are, the Mets are sort of in that uh, sort of category now because Steve Cohen is a billionaire and he's someone who has all this money and he's like, well, I'm, I'll, I'll pay for what I want. I'll pay. He basically just wants to pay to have players that will win a World Series. Yes. And the Dodgers have a really big payroll. The Padres have a big payroll now. There are teams that are in that same echelon with the, the Yankees. I feel like there are certain ownership that because it's still they they're running a business they want to field a good team most of the time not always but it's how they negotiate with their players where they will you know they'll there are teams that will try to downplay a player's value so they can extract a Mm. better deal on a contract and then there are teams that will like i believe uh, Steve Cohen does now, which is like he'll say publicly, "We want this player. He's a an asset to us. We appreciate him, and we are going to try to come to an agreement that benefits right. both of us." And I think for a long time that was not happening with the Mets, and it still doesn't happen with a lot of teams. And it's really it's just like being a business owner, where it's like, well, are you going to treat your employees like they should be happy to have a job, no matter how you treat them, or? Should you make them feel right for the, for the for the thing that makes you a bunch of money? And so that was the way what's yeah. interesting. Yes. And now they're paying her some respect. But the Mets were started uh, by a woman, Joan Payson, who uh, basically wanted a team in Queens. And to that point, she was somebody who really wanted Willie Mays, who's my grandfather's favorite player. But apparently it was because she had a crush on him. She wanted to bring him back to New York from uh, was Ooh. it the Giants, Ruby? Yeah, started with the. New York Giants and then moved to San Francisco with the Giants. And the only other team he played with was the Mets for like two seasons at the end of his career. You think they hooked up then? I don't know that, <laughs> that they hooked up. I don't know how I hope old so. she was. I hope Joan God, got that. I mean, to be so to be so horny that you start a baseball team is really funny. <laughs> well, and Willie Mays also uh, had his number retired uh, last year or something uh wow that's great that they've been doing like so many people had their numbers retwi- uh keith hernandez was like i mean i'm sure rudy has a lot to say about him uh a lot of people have a lot to say about him he's one of the most beloved um personalities but players of all time uh seinfeld he was on seinfeld i love him and i was thinking that maybe if he didn't agree to be on those two episodes of seinfeld he might not have become a broadcaster and that's how I know and love him is from uh, broadcasting. Hmm. Okay, so talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me, Mark. Tell me about like going to a Mets game. Like, what's the vibe? <clears throat> like, you're going there. There seems to be this sort of like disappointed love relationship with the Mets so far. And so, like, what is it like in the stands? So I think that's not always the case. I think that's maybe with the overall way we view the team and, like, the way we look at the season overall. But in terms of going to a game, watching a game on television, I, for me at least, it's all very positive and I'm not like, oh, they blew. But I'm also not someone where if a team uh, loses, I'm, like, really angry about it. I don't care that much. It's a game. Right. Uh, right. yeah, it's fun if they win, if they lose, you know, whatever. I've been to, I've been to plenty of games with Mark Mets games, especially where people will boo 
if somebody messes up or strikes out or botches a play and mark is the one going he's trying his best <laughs> he really wanted to make the catch he just didn't yeah. you guys give i mean him a break. he's better than all of you will ever be stop booing him. right uh, right. Yeah, booing is a big uh, pet peeve of mine. Do, so, so our Mets fans, it's sort of. I'm. I'm. What I'm wondering is, is it sort of like Philly fans? Like, I feel like, like not the Phillies. I don't know anything about the Phillies fans, but Philadelphia fans in general, to me, feel like a real tough room. Like, you mess up at all, and they are turning on you, and like it, like there is no history this it is just right now and you've messed up and i hate you <laughs> like that's my general vibe for philadelphia fans i don't think that's the case at all with the okay Mets. i think okay. maybe so we're a little talk, more talk me through lenient it. and I, I think it's also because we're used to that um you know if somebody says like i've been to subway series games which are the mets versus the yankees where people you know wearing mets hat people are like mets suck and my response is always i know <laughs> doesn't doesn't make me angry the mets fan base i i really respect the mets fan base because they will be reasonably obnoxious or shit talky but there is always a level of self-deprecation and self-awareness to it in my experience where they'll they will talk shit and then be like, but we're the Mets. You never know. We're probably going to lose. Now, why? So and that's, they, there's, yeah. there's something charming that's about just, that. Okay. So I want to circle back to this because, so we talked about the injuries and you, and so like, I guess ownership also like didn't renew certain players contracts for the amount of money that would have allowed them to stay. Are there other things that happen with the Mets where you're like, here we go again. Like what's the stereotypical Mets season that that gets you guys to this place of like, I know like what's happening here. Well, it's kind of funny because last season they started out winning and they were in first place for the majority of the season, first place in their division. So we were like, Oh, it's, you know, they're a shoe and they're going to make it into the postseason. Um, you know, they'll at least be in the playoffs and got a leg up, you know, when you win all these games, even though people are like, oh, it's early, it doesn't matter. But the more games you win early on, the bigger buffer you have to lose games later. So mm -hmm. that's essentially what happened is they had this big buffer of all these games they won and they were in first place and then they kind of dropped down and uh, only qualified to be a uh, wild card, I believe. Mm. Uh, and then previous years, they've fought to be yeah. the wild card and it's that's very exciting though when it's come down to like they have to win this game they have to do this sure. and then they either do or it's like so close and they almost come back and there's like home runs in the ninth inning and stuff like that i remember very clearly uh, a todd frazier home run who's one of my more recent favorite mets uh i very much liked him He's a Jersey guy, uh, Tom's River. He played for the Yankees as well. And he was just so excited to be, you know, remaining in New York and be on the Mets. And uh, one of my favorite things that he did was there was a foul ball hit. And he always gave it 100%. But he ran over and kind of dove over the side area. Uh, this might have been before they extended the nets so that they protect the crowd more. <laughs> more people. Than they used to. Right. Um, so he dove over and he comes out of view. He comes up and he's holding the ball. You know, everybody cheers. Um, the guy's called out 
by the ump and he throws the ball into the crowd. And so, you know, that's all just like a normal play. And uh, they dug deeper into it the next night, I believe. And so they did a breakdown of it. And apparently he dove over, missed the ball. And there was a young fan who had like uh, a ball with them. He grabbed that, like held that up and threw it into the crowd. But that was like a, a cushy ball, like a squeezy sort of ball. And he said, I threw it into the stands because if I threw it back to the pitcher, he'd <laughs> be like, what, what is this? And this was towards the end of the season, I believe. And he was like, yeah, I'm from Jersey. We do what we can to win. <laughs> so that kind of stuff is. But that's just cheating. It is, but it's also uh, nobody cares. And maybe it's because it's the Mets. But nobody cares because they weren't going to go on anyway. I think. Or. We call it gamesmanship. So, so there was no. We call it cheating. There was no controversy, as far as I know. With that. wait a minute, I, how can there be no controversy? A guy went in, did a little swap with a kid, came up with a ball, threw it. Also threw that kid's ball away. Well, I think the kid got the actual ball that landed in that right. area, and he got to be a part of. Yeah. That little switcheroo, which That's is wild. I mean. That's. Absolutely wild. Better but than were a they, squishy like, little Was ball. it like, I'm not, we're not going on anyway? Like, we're not going to make the playoffs anyway? I don't remember when it was in the season, but it was a very, like, a lot of people were just like, oh, that's fun. And I don't know why. That's wild, it is wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in a sport where people get so up in arms about cheating. But in that case, it was just like, he got us, you know, and it was it wasn't premeditated in a way. Right. Which I think is maybe for people, it's not like taking steroids or having some sign stealing like contraption. Right. You know, it's just like he went on a gut instinct, got away with it. And everyone had to be like, son of a that's bitch. So wild. You did OK, it. wait. All right. So that's insane. That's insane. I have I'm going to be processing that for a little while, but. So talk to me again about, so they won all these games at up top. They got this buffer and then they blew through that buffer, lost a bunch of games and then didn't make the playoffs or they did make the playoffs, but just barely. They, uh, my knowledge of past seasons kind of just vanishes once the season's over. Uh, I believe I they lost that. the wild card. So I think my, in my mind, a more accurate thing, representation of what happened is that they had a great start. They still had an amazing season. They won 101 or 102 games. But what happened is the Atlanta Braves heated up and caught mm. up to them. So I don't think the Mets really of their own fault blew that number one spot in the division. I think the Braves came and took it from them, but then they got bounced by a Padres team that was considered worse in like the That's first right. round yes. of the postseason, so I think it's more, more where the and they I think they got beat pretty badly. Like they they won one game in the series wow. or something. So I I think it was more like a disappointment that they ended up losing their pretty good lead, but not because they did the Mets thing where they start hot right. and then they just suck. It's just that after all that, and like it came down to the last game of the season, I think, where the Braves won and then they tied for the division. And then because their record against each other, the Braves had the advantage, they win the division on that technicality. Wow. So 
and then from that just to lose that next series in the postseason was really disappointing i see so usually the mets i i think will start off hot and then like halfway through the season it's like oh no here we go and this time they got to the very brink of postseason success and that's when they met they messed up it's pretty funny rudy is that a thing I've heard people say they're Mets. Okay, but Mets like, up is the really Mets gonna Mets, clever whatever. to me. I'd laugh at that on the back line. <laughs> You're a good teammate. I, I'd say when did something funny happen? Mark. Both you right. <laughs> so we could talk about the broadcast booth. I think you should. I think it's a really good selling point. If you were to be a fan of this team, yes. you'd be watching a lot of games, and I think it's one of the best, if not the best, in the game it is what i describe as the funniest show on television it's a big commitment to watch every mets game but their dynamic is so great and then if we're talking in terms of improv or comedy in general since it's baseball there's so much resting of the game where they go back from whatever the ridiculous conversation may be about like how Keith Hernandez likes their his burgers or mm-hmm. or something like that um, to you know just calling the game very straight laced you know pitch by pitch doing play by play and then going back to ridiculous conversations of how uh, Keith doesn't know what PB and J is. I see. So he knows what a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is, but Gary's trying to explain to him what <laughs> that means. Uh, so it's very much like Gary is the straight man. Keith is kind of the crazy guy. Um, and he'll, one of my favorite things that he said was there was an ad for uh, Chevy or something like that. And, you know, the truck comes on screen or whatever, and they read the ad. And Keith goes, I lost a Chevy once. And Gary says, you lost a Chevy? And Keith goes, yeah, and the divorce. <laughs> so it's like perfectly timed jokes like that and jokes that maybe are like, you know, shouldn't have on television. Um, it's a little, there's like a little like Rodney Dangerfield. How fun. To Keith Hernandez's sense of humor. And then I have, uh, maybe the weirdest thing I have on my wall is uh, an autographed picture of Gary Cohen. <laughs> what does it, it say? It's It says, it's out of here, which oh. is one of his catchphrases. Rudy, do you say that sometimes? I do. I do the... um. And someday I'd like to do a, when I prepare for it more, like a discussion about home run calls and broadcasters, because a lot of them have their own version of the saying that the home run happened. So it's out of here or like tell it goodbye are very common, like you sending it off. And uh, Dwayne Kuyper, I think the Giants broadcasters are as good as the Mets broadcasters. I think they're both top tier. I think the production of the Mets broadcast is maybe a little better. But uh, Dwayne Kuyper for the Giants gets this like gravelly voice and goes, it is out of here. <laughs> okay. And Mark, can you do, can, can, Mark, can Mark respond with his impression? Uh, yeah, so a Gary Cohen, um, the the like last strike of the game. You know, if if they strike the batter out to win the game, he'll go. Hey, he struck him out, and the ball game is over. <laughs> Real <laughs> concise. I love, I love that. 
Yeah, the Giants have a uh, if the game starts with a strikeout on the first batter, they go, and that's how this ball game got started. I love that too. Okay, so this is the all right. We got to do a broadcaster talk for sure because this is this is fun because it is really this is this this is what's under the iceberg, right? This is oh yeah, that's a big section of the yeah. It's all the personalities around. Uh, Mark, if I wanted to become a Mets fan, who's my guy? At the moment, Ooh. I would say it would probably be Pete Alonso, right? Pete Alonso. Yeah. You said yeah. that with a grimace, which I feel like might be on brand for Mets. No, because there there are many. I I love him. Oh, I there see. are just many that I think you might like. Um, I mean, Pete said "fuck" on live television the I other day. Love I, a bad he's, boy. he's done it a couple of times. <laughs> You said, let's fucking yeah, love go, Matt. I love a bad so boy. He, this also, goes, I texted both of you a picture of him wearing a turtleneck yes. and like speed yes. shades. And I believe you said something along the lines of wood smash. Yeah, Jenny, you like oh, the, was... turtle, the turtleneck. Oh, look. yeah, that, that guy. Was... Hang on. I'm going to find it again because. They call him the polar bear. And yeah, he I has think... his own burger at uh, City Field. He has the polar burger, which I believe is no joke. It's over 2,000 calories. More than you should eat in a day. I dig that guy. I love a baseball player. What can I say? He is just like a a little thick guy from, or a big thick boy from Florida. Oh my God. Who he, just loves he got into out there. spring training before spring training started. He got into a car accident. His <gasps> truck flipped over and he kicked out the windshield and walked away. My God. Like unharmed. And his wife was driving behind him and saw it happen. My God. And he said, I think he said, yeah, I just want to thank Ford for making a good car. And oh, my God. And then he got. And I don't think he's one of those religious people. Brandon Nemo certainly is. Which kind yeah. of. Is Nemo N-E-M-O? N-I-M-M-O. N-I-M-M-O. Okay. Yeah. But um, so the thing about Pete saying uh, fucking on television is typically when a player does something good I, this is across all of baseball is like the broadcaster will interview them on the field right after it happens like if it's a walk-off home run or something like that um so usually before we go on is a walk-off home run when they hit the ball and it goes all the way out and they just can just run around the bases at their leisure sort of it's the last no oh really <laughs> they can do it they don't finish rounding the bases if if they hit a no, I mean like, but I mean they're like they're not trying to beat anybody home. They're just like, they just no, do walk, their trot. Yeah, they're not they're not walking around the bases. They're not taking a stroll. No, what walk off means is that it, it's the game winner. So oh. like they they hit it and then they all walk off the field because the game's over. So there's a top of the inning, bottom of the inning. The home team always bats right. the bottom of the inning. So if they're behind and they hit a home run or a single, anything that scores that run. Or multiple runs that lets them win the game. They that's just walk it. off. They, they win don't the game. Run the bases. Yeah, exactly. You guys, can I do a quick aside? I play in a baseball league, and in my game last Sunday, I hit a walk off single that scored somebody from second base, and it was the greatest thrill of oh. my athletic life. I love that for you. I I hit it. I ran to first base. I watched as I turned from first base. I watched Matt Dunlap score. I watched my team swarm him and then mm -hmm. come straight at me. Oh. And it was 
fucking thrilling. That's awesome. So that's I've what made happened. it most of the way through this without talking about my glory days, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> my glory days was one day and it was a week ago. It was so. one week ago. Wow. Give him this mark. He's that's a little <laughs> sorry. Um so okay, so he had a he had a walk off home run, then he gets interviewed. Yeah, so typically when that would happen, a couple of years ago he started saying the Common phrase, I guess, would be LGM, which is Let's Go Mets. Right. And Pete started throwing an F in there, so he would say LFGM. But that's all. He would, he would just say, you know, that acronym. And Steve Gelbs, who's the Mets field reporter, he would, you know, start to be like, and uh, you got your sign off? And, you know, he'd say LFGM. Because nobody, you know, your your children watching didn't, don't really know what that means or whatever. Right. And then uh, trying to amp up people, but doubling down on that you know a couple of days ago he said let's fucking go Mets and then uh as far as I know there was no real reaction from Steve Gelbs he wasn't like you can't say that like nobody really like this was inevitable yeah it's it's not a big deal to anybody I mean he's done it in like or multiple people have cursed in interviews it's not a huge deal and I think it really does help amp the team up I also saw his dad say it once when he was his dad was being interviewed like at a game in his seat. Maybe it was like during the home run derby or something, but they were like, anything else you want to say? He's like, uh, yeah, go Pete and uh, LFGM. And oh, that's <laughs> sweet. very, very cute. He's I love when like dad's curse. And sunglasses. That's great. Yeah. So he's probably your guy. Okay. I would say, um, Escobar, I love an enthusiastic rule breaker. Okay, Escobar. I he's love Eduardo Escobar. Is, I, that's the main thing I like about him is that he's scared of cats. Like, <laughs> deathly afraid of cats. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. He's but, obsessed uh, he's, with a Brazilian steakhouse chain called Fogo de Chao. I know Fogo de Chao. Really? It's I've never good. been. He credits them with, if he like goes and eats there and then the next day has a good game, he'll be like, they'll be like, what were you thinking when you, you know, when you had three hits today? He goes, it's Fogo power. Fogo to chow. It's my, oh, my, my God. Place. That's so funny. He got engaged there, I believe. Oh, my God. Oh, can we talk about Wilmer Flores, former man? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk Wilmer. So I bet we do an episode at some point on walkout songs. But the main thing about Wilmer Flores is that his walkout song was the Friends theme song. And it was because he learned English from watching the show friends oh and he's also a what david wright wasn't because he's not a lifelong met but he had the well mark you should just tell about the the wilmer flores the big emotional yeah so first of all beloved by mets fans even to this day i uh, like he'll come back and i believe they still do it sometimes when a player comes back that plays for an opposing team they'll just show like a clip package on the big jumbotron of like their highlights from their time on the Mets and people are very supportive of that. And that's someone who like uh, Flores will make a good play in the field or get a single or something like that. And the crowd, the Mets crowd will applaud that because mm-hmm. everybody loves him so much. But, uh, and he had been in the organization since he was, I think 16. Oh, wow. Like they had been interested in him. Um, so he was very emotional because there were rumors that he was going to be traded. And this is like a very famous sort of uh, incident is, you know, he was on the field and thought it might be one of his last times, uh, you know, in uh, 
on the city fields field and he started tearing up and so he's playing the game and he's got tears in his eyes and uh it's all very sad he i think he had gotten the news that he was being traded there was like it was like big rumors that he was gone uh and then it ended up not being true mm. and that he remained on the team and i believe he may have hit a walk off that night i'm not positive on that but he also may have been the led the mets in most walk offs i'm also not positive on that i also i saw him hit a uh, a grand slam at a mets game which was really fun with wow. bartolo colon on third base it was, it was very fun and he plays on the giants now and he's beloved by giants fans and he's never been a big superstar player he's always been a very good ball player but not like he's never been the star of any team he's been on but he people just love him he's so likable and that was i I mean the like images of him just like tearing up thinking he's not gonna play for the mets anymore is really amazing that's beautiful yeah all right i think i can do it jenny's gist Let's I think get I can a do it. St. Angelo sum up right here. Okay. <clears throat> All right. My dog is barking so much. That's okay. We love her. That's okay. Okay. Um, I hate to use a reference to a different sport in this, but what the Mets feel to me like Lucy holding the football and mm. the fans are Charlie Brown. <laughs> 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 yeah. I that that is what this feels like. I I would almost venture to say, um, you know, there are a lot of studies about why women stay in abusive relationships, and I think that some of that is happening here with the Mets fans. Keep it and light. Keep it light. No way. Uh, we made jokes about abortion last time. <laughs> we didn't make jokes about abortion. They were facts. <laughs> about abortion <laughs> <laughs> all right don't throw me because i keep uh, going you're on a roll I gotta, i'm gonna get okay so uh so you know you have the cycles of abuse you have you have the inciting incident which you know is a horrible thing and then you have the the apology tour you have the, i'm gonna change you have the, i'm gonna get better and you have the 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 acts and the show of look at look at what they're doing look at what they're doing and they've changed and they're better now and I'm going to buy my, I'm going to buy back in and I'm going to, I'm going to stay in this because it's worth it because it's, my heart is in it and I can't change now and blah, blah, blah. And then another thing happens and you start it all over again. That's what's happening with this baseball team. But unlike abuse, (laughs) (laughs) it's a game and there is a lot of joy in the losing because it's communal you have other losers right next to you no one thinks they're better than anybody else you want them to do well you cheer for them you love them and when they disappoint you you're not surprised by it it's just the inevitability of this team it's lucy holding the football but here's the thing here's my here's my the the shit what's it called the caveat the Kicker? caveat, the addendum, the the epilogue. Mm. Mark, edit that so it looked smooth and cool. But here's, here's the, the thing. 
epilogue. epilogue. <laughs> the power of hope. The power of every year thinking this could be the time that I am not failed. This is this could be the year that all of the years of of cheering for this team of standing by their side when they break my heart over and over again, that this is the year that they are going to win it all and it will all have been worth it. That is really powerful to me. Like jumping on board, getting involved with a team that there is no guarantee that you will ever have that final satisfaction of a championship. But my God, if you got it, it would be, it would be a euphoria unlike another team winning that's how i think it would be yep that is perfect that perfectly sums up the team nice. and how i feel as a fan so jenny you want a hat mark can i have a hat you can have a hat i have I many that. hats that you can just have you're just gonna give me a use <laughs> i'm out i'm out no i'm done i'm done yeah i'll take one of your used hats I'll take a hand-me-down. So uh, you want to wrap this up now? Yeah, let's wrap this up. Yeah, that's our producer, Mark Dowling, telling us we should wrap it up now. Um, <laughs> no longer our guest, back to being our producer. Back to being our producer. Damn, he's good. Uh, Mark, thanks for talking Mets with us. Jenny, thanks for talking Mets with us. Rudy, Rudy? thanks for talking Mets with us. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks to our special guest and always excellent producer, Mark Dowling. Our graphics are by Angela Golden Henry, and aren't they fantastic? And our theme song is by Cooper Kenward. You can listen to his self-titled album, Cooper Kenward, wherever you get your music. So what's your excuse? Now for my co-host, Jenny San Angelo, I'm Rudy Behrens, and we are out of here!